and we're coming up also on that time of year when people who are looking for a church, uh, wanting to connect to a church, are most likely to seek out and do that. And in this series, we're looking at some ways that we can help them. And the metaphor for this series comes from Jesus' words to Peter, James, and John when he saw them fishing beside the Sea of Galilee. They were casting their nets into the sea, and he made this invitation to them to, to come follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. I will show you how to fish for people. And he's inviting them into a new kind of life, a life that is focused on helping people find the same life that he has given to them. And that's a God-centered, outward-focused, forever kind of life. And in this series, we're looking at the uh, three primary ways that Jesus used to reach people and help them uh, come into relationship with himself. So last week, we talked about the importance of prayer. God is the one who draws people to himself. Uh, we can't do that. That is God's work. And he draws people to himself. And then he's also the one who equips us uh, and sends us out to help people get connected to Jesus Christ. And so we need to pray. We need to ask God to give us eyes to see the people around us who need him and hearts to respond when we see those needs. And this week we're going to look at another method that Jesus taught his disciples uh, for making disciples. And, and as you read through scripture, you see over and over again, Jesus calling people to come and follow him. And one of the most frequently used methods that Jesus had for inviting people into relationship with him was invitation. He would say, come and follow me. And, uh, and then people would come and they would follow him and and learn from him, and become his disciples. But it, was, it went beyond that. Jesus would invite them, and then they would turn around, and once they experienced life in Christ, they would turn around and invite others. And For example, when um, Jesus invited Philip to follow him, the first thing that Philip did was go and find a friend, invite them. Philip went to look for Nathaniel, and told him, we've found the very person Moses and the prophets spoke about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. And so Philip makes this invitation. Nathaniel is skeptical. Uh, has anybody ever been met with skepticism when you invite somebody to church? Yeah. And yet Philip didn't give up. He said, you just come and see. Come and see, make up your mind for yourself. And he, and he did, and of course, uh, Jesus uh, was right there. He said, oh, here comes a true Israelite. And Nathaniel says, you know me? And he said, yeah, I saw you sitting under the, the uh, tree before Philip came to talk to you. And so Nathaniel's convinced. And uh, so invitation was key then. It's key now to making disciples of Jesus Christ. Uh, according to numerous uh, studies, an invitation is still the most effective way to help people come into relationship with Christ. A few years ago, LifeWay Research did a um, survey of 15,000 people um, 
to try to determine which of 13 different approaches to uh, connecting people to the church worked best. And the research showed that the best received means of seeing people walk into your church was a personal invitation. They said that they discovered that 67% of the Americans uh, that they polled that a personal invitation from a family member would be very or somewhat effective to getting them to visit a church. And then 63% of Americans said that a personal invitation from a friend or a neighbor would be very or somewhat effective to getting them to visit their church. So just a simple invitation can be very effective. And people are open, most people, 67 63%, particularly if that someone, that invitation comes from someone that they know. Yet, statistics also show that few church people invite their friends and neighbors. Uh, here's another study that was done. They were asked the question, how frequently have you invited someone to church in the last six months? 59% said zero times, and 30% uh, said one to two times. Only 10% said three or more times in the last six months. So um, although most people are open to an invitation, the percentage of people that are actually inviting is, is fairly low. And so how can we do this better? How can we be better at inv invitations? Uh, since it was such an important part of Jesus' ministry, how can we do this well? Well, the best way to learn is from Jesus and his disciples. So we're going to look at a story that we uh, read through quickly a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at the parable of Jesus, the old wine and new wineskins. We're going to look at it from a different angle today. It's found in Luke 5, 27 and 32. And uh, where we read these words, Later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, left everything, and followed him. Later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor. And many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with such scum? So they weren't holding anything back there. Jesus answered them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. So Levi starts his day out like any other day. He goes to work, he gets his equipment for tax collecting, he goes and sits down at his booth and begins his day-to-day -day work. And then along comes Jesus and he invites him to come and follow him. And this was an opportunity that Levi jumped at. And uh, see, in those days, um, tax collectors weren't, that well liked, not like they are today. And <clears throat> um, but in in Levi's day, it was it was a lot worse. And we talked about this a little bit, but you know, Levi was a tax collector in Galilee, and most of the tax collectors were Israelites, and so the Israelites didn't like them because they felt like they had gone over to the other side. They were traitors. They were betrayers, and 
and they also often were corrupt and swindlers. So um, one thing that I didn't talk about two weeks ago was that they were also untouch considered untouchables because when everybody would go through these toll booths, whether they were Gentiles or Jews, the tax collectors had to touch that money. And so they were touching unclean uh, things, you know, because if a Gentile touched the money and then they touched them, then they were automatically seen as unclean. So they weren't allowed to go into the synagogues or to worship in the temple. They were, they were in a continual state of uncleanness. And they were also not allowed to give testimony in court because they were seen as so despicable and untrustworthy. And no devout Jew would eat with them or talk with them or fellowship with them or touch them uh, because they didn't want to be unclean. So nobody was further away from God in the eyes of a Jewish person than the tax collector. And a good rabbi wouldn't even look at them. So this is why the Pharisees were so upset when Jesus was eating with tax collectors and, and these other friends of Levi. And on top of that, the Romans despised the tax collectors because they were Jewish. So the only person a tax collector would talk to or had as a friend or to associate with was other tax collectors. And Levi was a, a special, uh, a low-level tax collector. He worked at a toll booth. So, you know, how when you go up to um, the UP, you have to pay a toll to get across the road, and there's the person working there at the toll booth. Well, this was his job. He, um, Herod was his boss, I guess you would say. He was the ruler in Galilee at that time, and he saw himself as a great builder. And he was the one that was building the temple, right? They were restoring it and building it back up at that time. He also had several other building projects going. And so in order to get the revenue for all of his building projects, he had to find some things to tax. So there was this road that went in and out of Galilee that had previously people who had been able to walk down that and go, go and come on it freely. But now there was a tax. And there was Levi sitting in his tax collection booth collecting taxes from people who walked on this road. So how do you think, what, what, how do you think people treated him uh, on a day-to-day -day basis? I mean, do you think they had kind words for him, like keep the change or, you know, have a nice day when they... No, he did, he, the best he could get hope for was to be ignored. But on this day, Jesus goes through his tax collection booth and he looks him in the eye and he sees somebody that's loved by God, and he invites him. He says, come and follow me. Come, come do life with me. I'll teach you how to live. I'll show you who you're really created to be. And so Levi jumps at that opportunity. And it, the story told very quickly is that Levi got up and left everything. He left the, the money. He left the... Uh, dream of getting rich quick or whatever it was, he left it all behind and he followed Jesus. Levi was blindsided by grace. Uh, he got up, he left everything, and he followed after Jesus. You know, and I know many of you here have been blindsided by grace, where you had that experience where God spoke to you and you knew that he was inviting you to be his son, to be his daughter, 
to, to have that relationship with Him, to live for Him and with Him and know Him forever. And, and that's what God is asking us to share with others and invite others into. And Levi got that. He, he received that invitation. He was blindsided by grace. And when Jesus does that, uh, then Levi, uh, he, he has this kind of gnawing inside of him because he recognizes that there's nobody going to go after his tax-collecting buddies. There's nobody that's going to tell them about Jesus if he doesn't. And so he, as he thinks about that, he comes up with this idea for a party. And he throws a party and he invites Jesus to it, knowing that if he can just get his tax collector buddies in the same room with Jesus, that Jesus will take it from there and it'll be all right. So he throws this come hang with Jesus bash. And in your message notes, the first lesson we learned from Levi's story is to get better at inviting we have to realize that every person matters to God. Scripture makes it clear that every person matters to God, so they need to matter to us. And you know, um, Our memory verse this week is one that I'm sure you've all memorized before, but we need to remind ourselves of this occasionally. And so this is our memory verse. Let's read it, read it to you uh, together this morning. John 3.16 for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have life. Jesus sees people differently than we do. He doesn't rule out anyone because of who they are or what their lifestyle is or their past or their present. He's not afraid to invite the most unlikely folk to follow him. And he invites all kinds of people to follow him. And because he extended that invitation to Levi, Levi had the courage to believe that his friends would be acceptable to Jesus too. Because Jesus accepted him, he believed that Jesus would accept his friends. You know, God loves every person and as we're talking about how to be more inviting, uh, I'm wondering if, you, if you've got people in your life that you can think of who you're concerned about their spiritual well-being. You know, don't raise your hand, but can, can you think of somebody, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a friend, a neighbor, who doesn't yet know Jesus Christ? And, and if you can, then if you're like me, you're hoping there's a Levi in their life. Right, somebody who is staying up late at night praying for them and wondering, God, open a door so that I can invite them to something or open a door so that I can tell them about your love for them, about what I've experienced as I've come to faith in you. Uh, we're all hoping that there's a Levi in that person's life. You know, lots of times as parents, we don't feel like we're the one that's going to be able to get through to our kid or our grandkid or whatever. And so, so we need to be praying that there's a Levi that is going to be the person that God uses. But I also want to invite you to think, are you that someone for somebody else's child or grandchild or friend or neighbor? Has God put you in people's lives uh, because they matter to him so that they can come to faith in Jesus Christ? Because everyone matters to God. We need to find ways 
to help them get connected to Jesus. And it starts with realizing, recognizing, remembering that every person is important to God. And then the second way that we can be more effective and inviting is to live an invitational life. Um, You can kind of imagine the buzz or whatever that went around when Levi's tax collecting buddies began to hear that Levi walked away from his tax collection booth this morning. He just left the money there. Uh, People were scrambling for it or whatever happened. We don't know what happened when he just walked away from it. But, But that would have you know, piqued their interest. What, what is it about this guy and this invitation that he made that Levi just left it all and followed him? And when our lives are invitational like that, when we're living with such passion and radical love for God that people notice it, you know, that there's peace and joy in our life in the midst of trials and, and uh, difficulties, when our life is marked by patience and forgiveness, by caring and compassion, by generosity, um, our lives become an invitation uh, by the way that we're, we're living them. And, and people are able to look at our life and, and feel invited into something, even though they don't know what it is yet. But you have to make that verbal invitation too. I mean, Levi invited them to the party. And if he hadn't invited them, if he hadn't said those words, come, come to, this, to this party I'm having, uh, then they may have never met Jesus or had that opportunity to, to be introduced to him. So make that invitation. And the third, um, that's the third way that we get better at inviting is to look for ways to use our social networks to connect others to Jesus. And um, I love the way that Bill Hybels talks about this in his book, the, um, Just Walk Across the Room. Uh, He invites us to imagine Levi. Uh, Jesus has invited him to come and follow him. He goes that night to wherever tax collectors turn in their, you know, money and they're counting their coins and there's the chinking of coins and and he goes and he's going to clean out his desk, right? Because he's he's, uh, taking a new route in life. And so while he's there cleaning out his desk, he looks around down, down the aisle through cubby after cubby of these tax collectors who are counting the change at the end of the day. And he begins to think about how can I help these people get connected to Jesus. And, and so then he gets this idea, hey, Joshua, why don't you come to my house tonight? I'm having a party. Or, and, and Simon, you come too. And Samuel... Hey, bring that friend of yours, you know. And, and so he begins to look around him at his network, his, his friends, the people that he knows, that God has put them in his life and him in their life, and he invites them into this. And networks were God's idea first. I mean, those people that saw Jesus raised from the dead, they told other people about that, who told other people about that. And the early church used social networks way before there was such a thing as Facebook. And uh, they changed the world. But for them, it wasn't a church growth strategy. Uh, Their lives were changed radically by Jesus Christ. The knowledge that death had no hold on them anymore, that they were going to live forever, that they could have a new kind of life right now. And that was so compelling that they couldn't keep it to themselves. And social networks present 
us with a vehicle to tell that same message to an even broader audience today, uh, to people who no, don't yet know Jesus. And you know, those networks can be online. Those are, you know, use Facebook for God's purposes and to help people know about uh, things that are coming up, to invite them. But you don't have to be on Facebook. We all have social networks, right? We have networks of friends. We have groups that we're in, and they have people that they're connected with. And, and so um, we can use all these as a vehicle to help others come to life in Christ. And then the fourth uh, way that we can get better at inviting is to don't give up if you get a no thanks. <laughs> You know, I think sometimes we invite somebody and they say no, and we take that as, no, I will never, ever, ever do that. <laughs> you know, and it was just like, no, I'm busy this weekend, but we take it as a, an eternal no. And uh, Or you invite somebody and they say yes, and then they don't come, and it's disappointing, and you think, well, they, you know, they just didn't want to hurt my feelings, or we make up all these kinds of things. But Jesus, when he people, he got a variety of responses, right? Uh, the first is, some dropped everything and followed him. That was what Peter, James, and John did. That's what uh, Levi did when God invited him. When Jesus invited him, he, he left everything and got right up and followed him. When you invite people, some people are going to say, yeah, sure, that sounds like fun. You know, I'll go to the Halloween carnival with my kids, you know. I'll go to a mom-to-mom -mom sale or whatever it is. Um, sometimes people will come. And then Jesus also experienced that some people made excuses or promised that they would come later. Remember, he said, come follow me to the one guy. And he said, first got to go bury my uh, relative. And another person said, well, let me go say goodbye to my family first. You know, and we experience that. We invite people and they make excuses. And sometimes they do come later and sometimes they don't. And then Jesus experienced that others chose not to follow at all. Uh, the rich young ruler that came to him, right, and said, how do I have eternal life? And he said, go sell everything and come follow me. And what did he do? He couldn't do it. He, he wept. He turned around and he walked cause, away because he had great, great wealth. And so there's going to come times when you invite people and it's just not going to be where they're at right now. But if you wait and you watch... Um, very frequently I see people that said no at one point, then here they are walking in the door for counseling or something that God uses different circumstances in their life to draw him to himself. Some people will say yes. Don't be surprised by rejection. People rejected Jesus' invitations too. But don't give up. Just, just stay alert. And then someday they might just say yes. Watch this video uh, of a time that happened, happened to this guy. Watch me alone. 
Mrs. Edwards, I know I ask you this like every week, but would you like to ride to church with me? Oh, come on, Mrs. Edwards, you'll like my church. We have some hot music. It may not be what you're bumping at all, but it's hot. We get down. What do you say, Mrs. Edwards? I've heard it said that 80% of first-time church visitors come because someone personally invited them. All people need to feel loved and wanted. And for some people, it just takes having someone offer to give them a ride to church. We have something great going on at this church. People's lives are being transformed by God's love. Your homework this week is to find at least one person who could use a little more of that love and invite them to come with you next week. Trust me, it's worth the extra effort. Mrs. Edwards, you want to listen to some music on the way? Go ahead, your choice. Reach out, persist, invite. The right invitation at the right time may change a life. Would you pray with me? Our loving God, we, uh, we thank you for the people that made that invitation to us and said it in a way that we believe that you loved us, that you wanted to know us and have a relationship with us, and that you wanted to give us new life in you. And so, God, help us to be messengers of that good news and to have the courage to invite and to extend that invitation to life in Christ to others. And this morning, if there's anybody here that's never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I, I just invite you to pray right now with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you've done on the cross for me. I ask that you would forgive my sins and uh, wash, away, wash it all away, God, all, everything I've done in the past. And I receive the new life that you've given, given me, and I ask that you would help me to live for you from this day forward. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.